Make a start tonight and sing together hymn 568. In the midst of all the trials and tribulations that we face in this life, it's good to know that God is in control and that he will take care of his people. Be not dismayed, whate'er be tied. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide. God will take care of you. Let's rise to sing.
We believe what we're singing. And we believe whatever the test, whatever the, the difficulty, God will take care of his people. And we want you to be encouraged by what we've sung tonight. <clears throat> Couldn't help but think of our Ukrainian friends when we sang this fourth verse. Uh, lonely or sad from friends apart. And you've got friends back in Ukraine. You've got family back there. and You're separated by quite a few hundred miles. But he will give peace to your aching heart. And let's be certain God will take care of you. If those that are sick are able to listen in tonight, I just want you to know that too and be assured of our prayers. We've been thinking about Wesley. He's down in the Ulster Hospital. And <coughs> tomorrow, he's hoping to get to the Royal and to have the procedure that is necessary and whatever needs to be done so that he can go forward health-wise. And we've been thinking about Peter as well at home. And adding to our list, and I'll say something more later when we come to the time of prayer, but uh, our, our treasurer, Ivor, is on well again, and uh, he needs our prayers tonight. He might have the opportunity just to be tuning in this evening. I've just come from his home, but uh, we're praying for Ivor as well. And tonight, in the providence of God, we've set aside to pray for the sick of the congregation. We'll pray about whatever is in our hearts and whoever is led upon our hearts to pray for. But we want to think about the sick this evening later on. That's a word of prayer. Our gracious God, we give thanks tonight for the one who is God over all eternal and unchangeable in every aspect of his being and all the great attributes that belong to his person. We thank you that we have the immeasurable privilege of fellowship with the Almighty. We've been invited into his presence. We've been encouraged to call upon him and to call upon him especially in the day of trouble. And it is a day of trouble for some one way or another. We think of those that are separated by many, many miles from their friends back in Ukraine. And we know that this has been a great burden for them because of the war and all that the war has caused and done. But we're glad to know that God will take care of his people. He will surround them with his love and his grace and his tender compassions. We think of the sick as well. We've mentioned Wesley and Peter and now Ivor again to the list and others that are laid aside belonging to the church. We rejoice that the Almighty who loves them with everlasting love who sent his son to the cross to die for their sins and to save them and to bring them home one day to glory. He will take care of them also. And Lord, we know that you make our bed in sickness and you surround us in such times. Whenever trouble and trial comes, the Lord is there. He's promised that when we pass through the waters, I will be with thee. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. 
neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. We thank thee tonight that thou art the Lord. Thou dost never change. Thy compassions never change. Your love and your grace never changes. And that desire over your people is still the same. We are loved with everlasting love. And in this we rejoice. And though we don't always understand the way that we take in this life, God knows these things. And we're in his hands. And he's guiding us step by step. Be with the church tonight as we come to pray. Make this an exceptional night when the presence of God is really known. We thank you for being with us last night for a good start to the week of prayer. Lord, be here tonight. Work in our hearts. Guide us, direct us when we come to seek thee in prayer. Grant us the Spirit of God as we pray. Give me the Holy Ghost. Give my brethren and sisters the the Holy Ghost tonight, the power of God. And Lord, make us effective witnesses in our day as we seek to stand for God in the midst of an evil and a crooked generation. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The prayer week, of course, is Monday to Friday. And each night it's at 8 o'clock and the new prayer list is being compiled. So we said last night, if you've got a burden in your heart, for someone in your family or in your friendship circle they're not saved, they're not walking with God they're backslidden and you dearly desire to see them saved and you're praying for them and you want this congregation to remember them, put their name on the list and you can have the opportunity to do that Monday to Thursday and then Friday we'll get it printed up and given out to you, God willing so just keep that in mind Toby, you're young and you're fit and agile. You wouldn't close that door. There's a wee hook on the back of it. Just in case the older people beside you get, get a cold, a very draft that might be coming in. We have another, another hymn that's dear to our hearts here at Hebron 6, 4, 5. Is there a heart or bound by sorrow? Is there a life weighed down by care? Come to the cross, each burden bearing all your anxiety. Leave it there. Let's sing this together.
Let's turn to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. So we have a short reading tonight and pass on a few words before we enter in upon our time of prayer. I'm going to read from verse 13 to 18. Is there any among you afflicted? I'm sure there are. This very night you're afflicted. Let him pray. You've come to the right place. And when you engage in prayer at home, you're in the right place. When affliction comes, it's the natural response of the child of God to go to the place of prayer. Meet with God. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. So if you're joyful tonight, and maybe affliction is not just your portion, but there's more joy in your heart than affliction, well, sing. It's always good to sing. And if you're a bad singer, sing alone. Uh, where only God hears you. That's all right. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then we're given the example of Elias. All right, Elias was born a long time ago, but there's another way Elias born not too long ago. And uh, I think most of you know that Elias is the Greek rendering of the Old Testament, Elijah. And if you didn't know, it's mentioned 30 times in the New Testament. And this is one of them. And he singled out as a man of prayer. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. Just an ordinary man with the same passions, the same weaknesses of our frail humanity. But he prayed. And he prayed earnestly, it says. That it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. So it's there as we think of the effectual fervent prayer for righteous man availing much. In the background of praying for one another that we might be healed. He tells us about a man in the Old Testament who knew how to pray, knew how to lay hold upon God and was very successful. Nobody else in the history of this world prayed and it stopped raining for two and a half years. And then after all that time, prayed again in the midst of an impossible situation and that great deluge came. God answered prayer. <coughs> We're thinking about the God who answers prayer. And that's the same Monday through to Friday. And we're taking for our text tonight, verse 16. It's really the center part of it. Pray for one another that ye may be healed. We told you last night that we are instructed to pray. We are invited to pray. And we are inspired to pray. And I give you all the reasons last night why 
we are inspired or encouraged to come to the Lord. And I have five thoughts about the God who answers prayer. And we, we thought about the devil last night. And our, our first point was he is able to restrain the, the devil in all his works of evil. Tonight, and I think very appropriately as we think of the sick belonging to our congregation and our families, he is able to restore the sick to health and strength. Now the subject of healing has caused much debate and and argument through the centuries. (coughs) We know that Christ had power on earth to heal. And he still has power in heaven to heal, by the way. But when the Lord walked upon this earth, he had power to heal. And we think of the, the countless lepers, the blind, the dumb, the deaf, the lame, the afflicted, the diseased, the demented, those that were possessed with evil spirits, and, and even the dead were raised to life again. And Christ had this power. We know also that the disciples had power to heal. Jesus sent them out to preach the gospel in Luke chapter 8 and we're told that he gave them power and authority over devils and to cure diseases. And often, no doubt, they came back with a glowing report of what they had done in the Lord's name and and the blessings that they had received. Like we go on to read in Luke chapter 10. Remember that report when the 70 which were in addition to the 12 that were sent out, when the 70 were sent back and given power to heal the sick and power over unclean spirits and power to preach the word. Remember how they came back to the Lord and they said, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. They had what we might say very successful missions in what the Lord told them to do. The disciples had power to heal. The apostle Paul, who was a man or an apostle that was born out of Jew time, so he came into the scene much later than the original disciples. He had power to heal the sick. But there were special apostolic gifts given to these men, like the healing of the sick, the casting out of devils, the raising of the dead to life again and those gifts that we call the apostolic gifts ceased with them we also know that there is a counterfeit healing abounding in the world today in the modern Pentecostal charismatic movements and they claim to possess the apostolic gifts that were right back here among these men and sadly what you find in most cases even those that that proclaim success in what they do, the majority of the people are never healed at all. In fact, many of them go on to die of the very diseases that these men claim that they healed them from. Uh, And you've seen men like this, and I don't watch the God channels any longer, but I can remember seeing men like that often on the God channels, like, like Benny Hinn and all these big campaigns that he had and the thousands that came and they were all swooning and falling and being healed. Do you know there was somebody who followed up all the people that Benny Hinn claimed to heal and there wasn't one positive case that they found. So there's a lot of counterfeit about today. Having said this, God does still heal. 
men and women and children, of their sicknesses. What the scripture teaches is simply outlined here in James chapter 5. We are to pray for one another that ye may be healed. And that's what we're doing tonight during this week of prayer. I said to you earlier, we can pray for anything, whatever's in your heart, whatever burden is in your soul. But night by night, we're going to take a thought. And this is the thought for this evening. And that's what, what I do as a pastor when I go to homes. People are sick, I pray for them. Going to hospitals, I've been to hospital today. I pray for the sick. And just in my own quiet time at home, I also pray as you do for the sick. Tonight we have a duty to pray for the sick of the congregation. And I, I want you to notice just a few things that I want to set before you before we pray. And the first one is that Christians can become sick. We're not exempt from disease and injury, that kind of problem in the physical sense. Sometimes we know it's the chastening of the Lord. He whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth the times. And when we wander and we've departed and we're not walking aright, God, God steps into our life to chasten us. And that chastening is out of love and grace to bring us back into the way again. But we need to be very, very careful about attributing all sickness to the chastening hand of God because it's not or attributing all sickness to sin you know there's people out there in the broader Christian church and they say all sickness is because of sin you've done something wrong that's, that's not the case remember the blind man that the Lord met I think it was John chapter 9 uh, and they were asking the question who did sin did this man sin or, or his parents that he, that he was born blind and the Lord told them it wasn't because of his parents or because of the man. Sickness did not come because of his own personal sin. Think about Job, the patriarch, and the book that bears his name. We're told that he was a perfect man, one that astute evil, a godly man. There was nobody like Job when it came to the testimony of any child of God. And yet Job, after all the trials that he faces in chapter 1, faces sickness, terrible sickness in chapter 2, when his whole body was covered in sore boils from head to toe. It wasn't just having a little boil here and there over his body. This man was sorely afflicted. So badly, you remember, when his friends came to sympathize with him, they didn't recognize him. And Job was brought into deep trial and trouble with sickness in his body but he was a godly man never forget that Daniel the prophet was a godly prophet you know that and he was sick Daniel 8 and 27 tells us about that Lazarus one of the the dear friends of the Lord Jesus remember he, he loved to visit that home in Bethany of Lazarus Mary and Martha Lazarus fell sick so sickness is something that Christians face and we know that we know that in our own church and we know that in our own families. The second little thought, I just want to mention this briefly, it's not always God's will to heal. Not always. You think of Lazarus. I mentioned Lazarus and he fell sick. John chapter 11 verse 1. But he went on to die of that sickness. Now I know it was for a greater purpose on that occasion and the Lord was going to come and after four days lying in the grave he was going to raise into life again. But the fact was he was not healed of that sickness. He died. We think of Paul. 
He had what he described, a thorn in the flesh. It wasn't going to take his life, but it afflicted him. The devil used it to buffet him and to trouble him. He had a thorn in his flesh. You remember how he wrote how, how that he prayed three times? He prayed thrice that it might be taken away. Lord, remove this thorn in the flesh. It really aggravated him. But the Lord said, no. Paul, who had healed other people, was not going to be healed by the Lord of whatever that thorn in the flesh was. But he was promised grace. My grace is sufficient for thee. And my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then, of course, we think of our, our own loved ones and friends. And most of you have been there. I had a dear father that took sick. Uh, we prayed for him. I can remember getting the phone call to say, I think you should come and visit Dad. He's in hospital. And even when I left home and went down to my mother's home, first of all, there didn't seem to be any urgency getting up to the hospital. It was a Thursday because our prayer meeting was taking place that night and we had to get our elders to step in. But I went up to the hospital. My father was conscious. He was awake. He was glad to see me. We exchanged conversation but they had to do surgery immediately. And so they took him away to the theater and we were brought down to an adjacent room and then they came out and said, listen, we can't do the surgery because the levels of his potassium are too high and if we were to operate, it would be fatal. My sister, who's a nurse, and if you have medical background, sometimes it's not a good thing because she knew what was happening. She knew what was going on. And she said, Doctor, you're, you're telling us that my father is dying. And he said, yes. And we went into the room and he expired. Just, just at that moment when we went in, he breathed his last. It wasn't God's will to heal my father. You remember when my brother-in-law was injured uh, in the troubles, he was a policeman. And for a month he suffered with his injuries, but he went on to die. We prayed. God knows that we pray it. Albert Macaulay, well-respected elder in this church, took ill. It wasn't God's will to heal him. Dr. Cairns, we thought that the Lord would step in and recover him, but it was not the will of God. Indeed, every other family member and friend who who took ill and went on to die. It was not God's will, even though we were praying. Because there is a time to leave this world appointed by God. And all the praying that we do will never stop that individual dying if that's his moment or her moment for departure. Not always God's will to heal. Thirdly, we should pray. If others are sick, we should pray. In fact, we should pray for ourselves. Hezekiah did. You think of that remarkable story that's recorded in 2 Kings and the chapter 20 that he was sick. The description is he was sick unto death. So whatever the nature of the sickness, he was going to die from that sickness and he turned his face to the wall and he prayed unto the Lord. You remember verse 3 tells us what he prayed. I, I beseech thee, O Lord. Remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart. 
and have done that which is good in thy sight, and, and Hezekiah wept sore. You just picture the king. Sickness. It's going to take his life. They knew it. He knew he was dying. Turns his face to the wall, cries to God, weeps before the Lord. And Isaiah was instructed to, to go to him in verse 4 and verse 5 says, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. And verse 6 tells us that 15 years was added onto this dying man's life and God spared him. He prayed for himself. I'm sure there were others praying for him. I'm sure Isaiah, the prophet, was praying, but he prayed for himself. And when we're sick, it's the right thing to do. And of course, it's the right thing to pray for others. Epaphroditus was a very dear friend of the great apostle Paul. Just let me read you what it says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 25 through to 27. Yet I suppose it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed, he was sick nigh unto death. So this man again was a dying man. Whatever his disease, he was going to die of it. But God had mercy on him. And not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Oh, we can see there that Paul didn't want his friend to die. And whatever sorrow he was passing through already, he didn't want more sorrow to be added to his life. And I know that Paul prayed for Epaphroditus and the Lord stepped in and the Lord healed him and so we are to pray for one another that's what James says that we are to do and that's what we will do tonight and there are those times and just to back up a little bit into the passage that I read where elders might be called for when an individual feels exercised that that should happen and elders will come and they will pray for the sick also so we should pray the fourth little thought is that we should also seek medical health. God has given expertise in the medical field. He's given consultants and doctors and nurses and all the backing off the side of medicine that he has granted. Joseph, we know, in the Old Testament had physicians. In Genesis chapter 50 and verse 2, those physicians were going to be used actually in the embalming of his father, but they were, they were doctors and uh, Joseph had them, believed in them. Jesus said on one occasion, they that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. In Matthew 9 and verse 12, if you're sick, you need a physician. And so the Lord Jesus, who, who went about healing people, he also commended the fact that men should have physicians, should have doctors. Luke, who wrote Luke's gospel, was a doctor. Called by Paul, Luke the beloved physician in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 14. So we should consult the doctors. We should consult those that have expertise in the medical field that they might administer whatever help and procedures that should be carried out in medicine too to bring us back to health and strength. But not to trust in them only. There was a king 
in the Old Testament who consulted the physicians but didn't consult the Lord. Now we as Christians should be praying for one another, praying for ourselves, using that means that God has given in the medical field, both of them together, trusting that the Lord will, will use that which he has already given in the world, both in the medicine that's provided and in the expertise that will administer that medicine. We should uh, look to them, but not at the expense of shutting God out. So very simply tonight, I want to encourage you to pray for the sick of the church. Lay them before the Lord. Carry them to his feet by prayer and supplication. Plead on their behalf. Cry for mercy to be bestowed upon them. Exercise faith in God tonight. The prayer of faith will save the sick. And so may God help us to pray the prayer of faith. So remember tonight, he is able to restore the sick to health and strength. 570 speaks about our foundation that we have I firm a foundation, you saints of the Lord is led for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said, you who unto Jesus for refuge have fled. And verse 2 says, in every condition, in sickness and health, in poverty's veil or abounding in wealth, at home or abroad or on the land or the sea, as days may demand shall thy strength ever be. Think about it tonight. The hymn goes on to encourage us to fear not. Just keep trusting in the Lord. Thank you.
you had the opportunity to join us online tonight and you've been part of the opening part of this prayer time. Uh, we've been very glad to have you. Trust the Lord will bless you and encourage you. And if you're one of the sick of the congregation, be assured of our prayers at this time. We say good night. Thank you.